I'm Banning Air, and you're listening to Season 5 of the Afropop Close-Up Podcast, where we go beyond the music into politics, religion, history, and culture. In this episode, writer Steve Burkholder digs into the hidden history of a Panamanian soul classic. It was a slow-burning, easy-snapping, unabashed love song first captured in the late 1960s on a 45 RPM single, sending stratospheric notes into the mic on the tune he created, Something Deep Inside, was Panama-born soul crooner and multi-instrumentalist Ralph Weeks. He had emigrated to New York City when he was 17. That was in 1960. Over the years, Weeks has recorded and re-recorded the song in various forms, in two languages and two countries. It has proved to be an enduring, much-loved, and highly-valued classic, especially among Panamanians and those who migrated to U.S. communities such as Brooklyn in the Afro-Panamanian diaspora of the late 20th century. Here's testimony from Eric Banta. He co-manages Brooklyn record company Names You Can Trust. Banta sought out Weeks in 2019, and they recorded a horn-filled reggae version of Something Deep Inside in both Spanish and English. He just has one of those voices. I mean, there's that era of Panamanian soul music that just has a lot of incredible voices and incredible soul moments. Banta described what he called Weeks's amazing falsetto. It's just killer. It's just super soulful. It's just one of those things that like cuts straight to the heart immediately upon hearing it. And I know I'm not the only person to have that reaction. People feel his music in a certain way that's just honest and great. made much of his early music while in his 20s in New York. He was a member of the Panamanian vocal group Johnny and the Expressions, which toured the East Coast. The quartet played at Harlem's famed Apollo Theater in 1965 and 1966. But what informed Weeks, a descendant of West Indians who went to Panama in huge numbers to build the U.S. Canal starting in 1904, was his being raised at a true global crossroads on the isthmus between the Atlantic and the Pacific. I was born in Panama, the 21st of June, 1943. 
country had deep musical grooves etched into it by calypso, jazz, bolero, Cuban son and danzon, and Panamanian cumbia, accordion-driven tamborito, and drum-centric buyurengue. Because their prime asset, the canal, was controlled by the U.S. for decades, Panamanians also heard a lot of doo-wop, soul, and early rock and roll. Weeks spent some of his early childhood in La Boca. That was a Panama Canal Zone town at the Pacific entrance to the canal. La Boca was mainly settled by West Indians. The U.S. zone was segregated racially. Music, whether sung or hummed, was always in the house, which was next door to an Episcopal church full of hymn singing. Weeks and his brother, as kids, got a local reputation for singing. Often they were asked to do informal command performances for neighbors and family, and they didn't always relish the opportunities. What's wrong with this guy? Why do you want me to sing all the time, man? I just sing. To me, it was just a song that I sang. That was it. I didn't know if the voice was good or if the voice was bad. I just sang. After he and his family moved to the mostly Afro-Antillian barrio of Rio Abajo in Panama City, Weeks and his friends would hang out and sing almost every night. Frankie Lyman and the teenagers, who had taken the English-speaking world by storm with hits like Why Do Fools Fall in Love, had played in Panama City and in Colón, the big port on the Atlantic side, in Frankie Lyman. Every kid wanted to be a Frankie Lyman. Everybody wanted to be a... Me too! <laughs> at about the same time, Weeks, at 14, first won a singing contest, sponsored by a Panama City radio station, as a soloist. For that, he got to be on the radio and play in a club. He and his older brother later joined their mother in Brooklyn, two years after she migrated to the States in 1958. Singing and playing music took more and more of Weeks' time, especially after his two-year hitch in the army in the early 1960s. The influence of the doo-wop era could be heard clearly in the work of Johnny and the Expressions, the notable Panama-rooted vocal group of which Ralph was a member. The group had four singers, all Panamanians. The song that you sang so sweetly. You see, all this came from the doo-wop age. What harm is concerned? I mean, these guys were something else. They were good. For weeks, the germination of what would be his perennial strong song, Something Deep Inside, happened one day in 1968. His band at the time, Ralph and the Telecasters, was rehearsing. The band had a gig that night at the Manchester, a popular Panamanian social club in Brooklyn at Bushwick Avenue in Kosciusko. Jazz and classical-minded flautist Felix Wilkins, another Panamanian who played with the band, 
provided the fertilizer with a small four-stringed instrument. He was outside with a ukulele playing some chords. And I heard him and I went outside and I said, Felix, what are those chords you playing? And he told me and he showed me something. I said, you know something? I've been trying to find that chord for the longest time. Now I know how to play it. So I went back in and I rehearsed with the guys. And then we went back that night to the club and while we're playing, almost down to the last set, we run out of tunes. No more tunes to play. I called the break. I called the bass players. I said, let's go in the back. And I said, I'm going to teach you a song. So I showed him some combinations, you know, and he was quick. He remembered. He remembered. I told the drummer, I said, listen, I want you to play that nice regular beat. And when I give you the signal, you give me that break, and you break it there. So we start playing. Ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. And the first thing that came out of my mind was something deep inside. And I started singing. That night, Weeks' experience in singing in a certain style of Caribbean music, born on islands north and east of Panama, came in handy. Piva, piva, naranga por botella. If you sing Calypso, you're quick. You have to be quick with the rhyming. And I used to sing Calypso. So I remember those days, something deep inside that while I'm singing, I have to match that with something that makes sense. Something deep inside, yeah, what about that? Because I'm singing and singing at the same time. Okay, something deep inside, so what's going on? Keeps calling your name, baby. And then I repeat it again. Something deep inside keeps calling your name. Okay, what else, what else? I'm to speak your name and my heart's aflame. Okay, okay. It's a feeling, baby, that I just can't explain. Oh, baby, oh, baby. That's the first verse, done. <laughs> so, so I didn't have the second verse there, but that's what I used to do a lot of times. I'd get on the stage and just play some music and sing. And you would swear that I was singing the song. You do ask me five minutes after, what did you say? I don't know. I just sang. I was rhyming. And that's how something deep inside came about. The song wasn't finished yet. Weeks recorded the work in progress on a Sony reel-to-reel recorder that he bought in Korea while he served there in the Army. And I put it on because everybody keeps telling me, you should record that song. You should record it. So I say, you know what, let me put this thing on this recorder so that I don't forget. During the break in a gig that he and the Telecasters played, he turned on the Sony recorder and played the tune for the band's new drummer. And the drummer said, you wrote that song? I said, yeah. He said, you should record it. I said, wow, okay, that's it. We gotta record this song. Not long after that, he was getting ready to play one night at the Four Stars, another Panamanian social club and bar in Brooklyn. A woman greeted him as he arrived and asked if he was going to play that song again. Weeks asked, what song? She replied, something deep inside. Something deep inside. I said, that's the title. That's the title of this song. Next came the actual cutting of a single of the new song. Ralph and the Telecasters did that at a recording session financed by the four owners of the Four Stars. Weeks recalled the song was captured on tape in the early fall of 1968, maybe September. Sitting, baby, by my 
did that song in two takes. Pow, finish. Although sales numbers were elusive, the 45 of Something Deep Inside seemed to do well in New York. The record was not distributed, uh, I would say, in a normal fashion like you do with the record company. Let's care all of that. We did that ourselves. We just got copies and sold them. And then at one point, you could not find a copy. People were stealing copies from each other. And in Panama, the song was getting a lot of ear time too. And most of it went to Panama. himself went to Panama in 1970. It was his first visit back to his native country since he emigrated to the States 10 years earlier. Performing was not on the agenda, but he had a chance meeting with a member of Combo Los Dinamicos Exciters, one of the standout Panamanian Combos Nacionales of the era. That led to an invitation to sing with the group. The band was to play at the landmark Rio Theater near Parque Lefebvre, home for many Afro-Antillians in Panama City. Well, anyway, I stayed and I did that show and it was fantastic. They sold out. People were sitting in the aisle. You could walk in the aisle, two aisles, and you could not walk. If you had to go to the bathroom, you had to go through a lot of people. Wherever they could sit, they sat. For that concert with the Exciters, Weeks had a surprise for his audience. There was a situation that needed addressing. Many people in Panama didn't speak a word of English. Before I went to Panama, I said to my wife, I said, you know what, I'm going to Panama and I have to write this song in Spanish because I don't know what's going to happen when I get down there. So I started translating the song. Weeks asked his wife and other people to check his translation. Tell me, did I transfer this thing properly? It turns out that Weeks faced another challenge, as he found out when he rehearsed with the Exciters. He held back on his plan that he was going to sing the song, for which he had become known, in both English and Spanish. At the final rehearsal, things came to a head. We were doing the song. I sang it in English, and then I sang it in Spanish, and they stopped playing. So I said, what's the matter? They said, you're changing the song. I said, you guys are Panamanian? He said, yeah, you speak Spanish? He said, yeah. I said, okay, start the song and listen. I'm singing this song in Spanish. Oh. Algo muy profundo. Te sigue llamando, nena. Algo muy profundo. Te sigue llamando así. Es un amor que no puedo negar. O es un algo que no puedo explicar. Ay, nena, te quiero, te muero. And in English, something deep inside keeps calling your name, baby. Same, same thing. Now, some of the words are exact, and some had to change it up a little bit. But I was testing them to see if they were listening, and they weren't listening. So, <laughs> okay, showtime, the night of the show. The night of the show, he planned everything, down to leaving the stage to make a strategic costume change as the Exciters took solos. He then went back on stage near the end of the song and he took the mic. I talked to the audience for a while and I asked them what they wanted to hear. And they said, 
something deep inside. I said, okay, I'm going to do something deep inside, I told him, but I have a little surprise for you. Are you ready? I said, Dan, I'm signal the drum, blue, blah, down. Man, I listened to the recording the other day, and I'm saying to myself, these guys are really pumping this song, man. Well, you can listen to a song today, and you hear certain things, and then two years after, you listen to the same song, and you hear something else. And I'm saying, like, wow. Now I'm, I'm appreciating the song a lot more because I heard what I heard then, and I'm hearing some different things now. Praises the quality of the recording of the single, which was released as Algo Muy Profundo, literally something very deep. On the 45 released by Sally Ruth Records in 1971, Weeks was named as the artist and songwriter, but he credits the musicians in the Exciters and legendary Panamanian recording engineer Eduardo Balito Chan for the top-notch sound. Oh my God. They were really playing that song, and uh, Balito, Balito Chang, he was the engineer. He did a beautiful job. Over the next few years, Weeks returned to Panama a few times to play again with the Exciters, including at carnival time. The Exciters, he said, had a distinctive, recognizable sound from the work of the band's very able singers, Toribio Samuels and Joaquin Moore, to the percussion, bright guitar, and the horn section, composed of two trumpets. They all had their own distinguished sound. And when you heard them, you knew that they were Exciters. Since 1966, Weeks had been living in New Haven, Connecticut with his family. He worked for many years at the Winchester Repeating Arms Factory. He lived near enough to New York to continue his musical pursuits there on the weekends. In the early 70s, members of the Exciters began to migrate to New York. Weeks and some of the others from that band eventually formed the long-running love, warmth, and affection. retired from Winchester and living in a modest apartment in New Haven, was approached by Names You Can Trust, a small record company in Brooklyn. 
The go-between was bass player Carlos Brown, Weeks's former bandmate in love, warmth, and affection, and former music director of Los Exciters. One day I'm home, Carlos Brown calls me and said, Ralph, this guy wants to talk to you. You're talking about doing your song over. And he called me and I spoke to him. On the phone was a representative of Names You Can Trust. Founded in 2004, the label covers the waterfront of what the company says are vintage and modern sounds typical of the New York experience, especially that of international immigrants. That includes Afro-Latin, reggae, disco, dance, and instrumental music. Banta and Andrew Mason run the label. So he came up and he said, you know some people that wanted to do my song in reggae. And I said, well, you know what? That's strange because I was thinking the same thing, doing it in reggae. So I said, well, you know what? I would see what these guys have. For Eric Banta, the fact that Weeks lived relatively close to New York and was still singing led him to think. As soon as I heard that he was around, I thought of doing a new track with him. That was the first thing that crossed my mind. Just hearing that he was around, I was just fantasizing like, oh man, we could get him in the studio singing and doing like a classic reggae rock steady version of, of one of his tunes. Banta traveled to Weeks' home. They talked. And everything seems right, so we signed a contract right there. Next on the agenda was meeting the backing band that would be playing on the reggae remakes, Combo Lulo. One Sunday after church, I went down to Brooklyn to meet the band. I heard these guys playing. So I said, I forgot what a bunch of Mexican guys downstairs. <laughs> I went downstairs and I looked around. I said, I saw all these white guys. I said, what? <laughs> I said, this is amazing, man. I said, you guys are amazing. And they were playing Latin stuff, you know. And I sat down there in amazement, just listening to them play cumbia and stuff. I said, oh man, this is great. You guys are something else. I I never expected that. He met with Combo Lulo and he heard the group play his song. Horns were in the mix. At that time, they had the combination that I liked. Saxophone, trombone, and the trumpet. And they play, and I said, the nice, okay, gosh, this is nice, man. But I told him I wanted to change the key because I could no longer do it in G like I really wanted to, you know, because my voice was changing. So I said, we're going to do it in F. The band translated charts to the new key. As producer, Banda wanted the sound, the tone of the recordings made some 50 years ago. What Eric wanted was to get close to the old sound, which he did with the horns. The songs are recorded on May 30th, 2019 at the Creamery in Brooklyn. He arrived there and saw the vintage equipment at the studio, guitars, tube amps, various keyboards, and other gear. It brought to mind how Josie Records of New York had cut one of his mid-60s singles with Johnny and the Expressions, Something I Want to Tell You. to the studio and the guy had all old equipment. No new stuff, old stuff. 
That reminded me of something I want to tell you was done with old stuff. Sounds great. That old stuff, man, was something else. It was the old doo-wop, rock and roll kind of sound. They had it. And I looked around, the guy said, right, look around, the old stuff. I said, oh, no problem. No problem, sounds good to me. So this girl would say, oh, they got a lot of old stuff in there. I said, yeah, they got old stuff, but that guy know what to do with it. He knows exactly what he's doing. Weeks sang the songs in English and Spanish, as he had on those two separate occasions in Brooklyn and Panama about a half century earlier. Banta and Creamery recording engineer, Quinn McCarthy, fulfilled the singer's request to hear the results. And when they finished the final product, I listened to it and said, wow, this is, this is good. And he had me do it in Spanish and English. In each version of the song, an upfront, deep-speaking bass pulses out melodious lines, and a keyboard quietly bubbles accents. The tunes conclude with pleasing horn vamps, but it's Weeks's extraordinary road-tested falsetto that sets the hook. track was recorded the day before so we just had it set up to record Rao's vocals and as soon as we were ready to hit record he came in and he just crushed it immediately it was like goosebumps I was pretty much celebrating in my mind the moment he started singing the first verse oh my gosh he still totally has it Banta said that everyone who had contributed so essentially to the session in Brooklyn Combo Lulo and the crew at Names You Can Trust and the Creamery was aware that a little magic was being made that day. So it was pretty special and hopefully that's the beginning of more stuff to do with him in the studio and hopefully soon again. Weeks recalled something from more than 50 years ago in the time just before he recorded Something Deep Inside as the new song became a crowd favorite at performances by Ralph and the Telecasters. Wow, man, he's just... Before the recording, it just kept growing and growing. And for me, it was just something that I invented and had forgotten about it. Today, at the age of 77, Weeks sings with energy and enthusiasm and a seriousness of purpose. In July 2019, he took to stages in Philadelphia and at Brooklyn's Afro-Latino Festival as a guest of the Beechers, a venerable, much-loved Panamanian combo nacional with roots in Bocas del Toro, an old banana port on the Caribbean. In Brooklyn, Weeks served up his medley of Algo Muy Profundo and Something Deep Inside for three generations of Afro-Panamanians, swaying and dancing enthusiastically. Many people, cutting across generations, sang the words with him. Something deep inside Calling your name, baby Something deep inside 
Nicks would like to sing out again, including with the touring gospel group of which he is a member. He had a speaking gig at Columbia University lined up, set originally for this past April. Then the global coronavirus pandemic hit, and Ralph says everything's on hold right now. But if a gig does come along, and it's safe out there, he'd do it, and he looks forward to that day. Visit afropop.org to explore more late 20th century music from Panama, to find out more about the tunes used in this podcast, and to read a bit on the history and culture of Afro-Antillians and Panama. This Afropop close-up was made possible by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. But to keep this series going, we need your support. Visit afropop.org and please make a donation. Every dollar counts. For Afropop Worldwide, I'm Steve Burkholder. (laughs) 